Hello, I'm Lady Malkani and welcome to the Social History Hub podcast. Every week I'll be exploring the nature of social history and what it means to us today with an exciting lineup of artists, entrepreneurs, academics and writers. They'll share their stories and relive the moments and events that inspired them. Coming up, Michelle Shine, author of Mesmerised, a fascinating story about two rebellious forces in 19th century Paris. It's about Impressionist art and homeopathy. And at the time, in, in 19th century Paris, both of those occupations were rebelistic. And they had a big relationship because of that. And it kind of brought those two worlds together. More from Michelle in a moment, but first, what's her story? Before becoming an author, Michelle studied homeopathy and for many years ran a busy practice. But in 2009, she gave it all up to pursue a writing career, although homeopathy continues to influence her work. Mesmerised is a historical novel based on Dr Paul Gachet, a French physician famously known for being painted by Vincent van Gogh. Michelle takes up the story from here, first by explaining what inspired her to write the book Mesmerised. I began research on this particular novel before I even thought that I was going to write it when I read a book called The Homeopathic Revolution by a man called Dana Orman. And it just catalogues all the famous people throughout history who have used homeopathy. When I got to the artist pages... Um, There was about six or seven pages full of Impressionist artists who'd used homeopathy and their doctor, Dr Gachet. And I thought, gosh, that's so interesting. I'd like to find out more about this Dr Gachet and his wonderful patient. So I had an idea for a plot that I was going to give to a conventional homeopath. And I just didn't seem to be able to get it off the ground, really. I just... It just didn't work. Every time I sat down, I threw away pages and pages and pages. And then my writing group kind of cajoled me into starting a novel. They'd all started their novels. And I didn't really know what to, what to write about. So they knew that I was doing this research. And they said, well, why don't you write about the Impressionists and that doctor guy, Dr. Gachet? And um, I sort of slept on it and woke up thinking... I could give that plot to Dr Gachet. And then it kind of flowed from there. So give us a flavour of what we would expect in the novel. Well, um, you, you, you can expect a lot of, a lot of history um, about the Impressionists. Because although the scenes are fiction, a lot of the events that happened really did happen. You can also expect, well, it's narrated by Dr. Gachet. So he has a, you know, he's a doctor and he has a practice. And that runs alongside his art because he's also an artist and also his artist friends. So you will see that these two worlds, which are quite different really, how they intertwine and weave um, to make up the story. So what's mesmerised about Um, Well, actually, it's about Impressionist art and homeopathy. And at the time, in in 19th century Paris, both of those occupations were rebelistic. 
Um, they were, you know, against against uh, convention, and they had a big relationship because of that. Uh, and it, and it kind of brought those two worlds together. Obviously, now things have changed a lot, uh, although not necessarily in France. Homeopathy does have a place in France, much bigger than in England. But in England, homeopathy is still very rebelistic. So it's a story about two rebel forms that are coming yes. together. Yes. One that is less rebelistic now, which is Impressionist art. Yes, yes Impressionist art is now seen as the forerunner to, to art, um, to many art forms that exist today. And, and how do you account for the fact that homeopathy isn't? Well... It's not a big industry, and it could never be a big industry. Um, and it doesn't fit in with that kind of model. You know, conventional medicine fits in very well with with corporation, the idea of corporations and democracy and, uh, and the world that we live in, whereas homeopathy sits completely outside that. Uh, it's very hard, despite what the sceptics say, it's very hard to make a lot of money out of homeopathy. You have to sit with a patient for a long time and, um, you know, you may have to take your work home. Um, you may have to speak to your patients on the phone because what you do is completely outside what they understand medicine to be as well. So you might have to hold their hand through the, through the treatment for a while. And, you know, you're giving a lot more than the time that you, that you charge for. Um, and that's okay because... Most homeopaths, well, I certainly did, love loved my job, enjoyed helping people, found it very rewarding, and, and actually loved all my patients, so it didn't really matter. But I can't imagine that any sort of industry would take that on board. Now, you mentioned that there were rebellious forms of the time. So what did it tell us about the society of that time and its attitude to homeopathy? Well, as far as homeopathy goes, it was quite new it was a new boy on the block the same as impressionist art that was also the new boy on the block and you know there were there were companies even in those days who were making medicines like um uh, like laudanum and and other preparations uh, uh, and uh, and these were people who wanted to sell their wares you know these 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 industries uh, run on money that they, they weren't about curing people or necessarily um, helping people they were about you know having customers so somebody comes along and manages to um, annihilate symptoms for people um, and who are they going to sell their medicines to so there was a sort of an opposition there right from the off and I think in some ways that's similar to um, the Impressionist artists. They came up and they questioned, you know, a lot of the conventional art forms that were being shown in the salon, and that that posed a threat. So, give us a flavour, an insight into the what we could expect if we picked up Mesmerise and started reading it. This extract comes from a, a piece in the book where Dr. Gachet has just gone to buy some paint, and while he was there, he saw Victory Moreau who had also been there to buy some paint, because she was also an artist, but she was the model in um, Edouard Manet's Déjeuner Célèbre. There's a copy at the Courtaulds, by the way. And uh, she's left, and now he's leaving as well. 
On the street, I am caught unawares by the sight of Victorine. I've waited for you, she says, toppling slightly as the heel of her shoe gets caught between two cobbles. There is a horse and cart behind her. I grab her elbow to pull her away from the middle of the road. And the things you've bought, I ask, noticing her arms are empty. Oh, I've dropped them at my mother's, she says, motioning with her head across the street. She's the laundress. We walk, and I give her time to continue. It's about Bella. I'd like to come to the hospital to paint her. Do you have her permission, I ask. Do I need it? I can ask Dr. Charcot. I have to see him this afternoon. I realise that I am walking very fast. Victorine is almost running to keep up. I slow down to be courteous. How is she? she asks. Nothing can change in such a short period of time. Were you able to admit her in the way that suited you best? No, 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 I wasn't. Dr. Gachet, can I ask you what was the problem? Well, I'm not sure it's appropriate for me to tell you. It's hospital business, internal affairs. Why do you ask? I care about women. Women in general? Yes, women in general, she says. I nod and think about this. I want to treat her using homeopathy, which is perfectly legal, valuable and effective, but beyond the credibility of the medical establishment. A bit like the situation for modern painters, then? Yes, I say, exactly like that. And what will happen to her if you don't get to treat her with your remedies? She'll be hypnotised by Dr Charcot and everyone will applaud. I won't get the opportunity to speak to her. She'll become institutionalised, confined, probably for life. And homeopathy will cure her. It's worth a try. Victorine stops. We have come to La Pigalle. Dr Gachet, Paul, you're an honest man. I like you, she says in parting. I watch her walk away and reach with my fingers for the peak of my cap. I am upset. It is unprofessional. I have said too much. I became fascinated with Dr. Gachet and and his relationship with the Impressionist artists and the era and the time and how the two things sat juxtaposed at that particular moment in time. Uh, the whole package, really. Do you feel that you have written a piece of social history or reflected a piece of social history in writing Mesmerised? Yes, I think so. Um, if 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 you would say that social history is about what happens to actual people, then then yes, of course. But I mean, obviously, there is some political stuff in there as well. What is your understanding of social history? I think my understanding of social history is the history of the people, the people and the society that they live live in, as a, as opposed to when you look through a telescope and you see something far away um, and, and you see it very differently from when it's close up. I suppose social history is when you look at something quite close up uh, and, 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 you know, uh, political history is when you look at something quite far away. Did you feel a sense of responsibility when you were writing this book? I felt a great sense of responsibility when I was writing this book. Um, my main objective is because when you when you write about real people you you owe them something to 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 you know have integrity and get it right um and you know although it's fiction and you know I could never have 
you know, I could never have get, got them right 100%. One hopes that you do, you know, and, and you read enough so that you feel these characters and you want to let them breathe through you. So that was one area of responsibility. And the other area of responsibility for me was I never, ever wanted this to be in any way a sort of a pro-homeopathy book. It had to be told just as a story, really, that this is what happened. And then uh, then people who read it can make their own mind up about what is good or what is bad or, you know, whether any of the characters were right or wrong, etc., etc., um, and that was very important to me. So being a homeopath myself, I had to hold back a lot. And if I put things in that were was uh, my opinion, I had to try and take it out again and just let Dr. Gachet tell his story. You've created something that's on bookshelves, that will be in libraries, that has become a reference point for other people interested in social history and homeopathy or social history and impressionist art or... You know, how do you feel about that? I think it's great. <laughs> uh, I'm very happy about that. Um, and as I said, you know, I, I, I hope that people don't pick it up and feel that the book is weighted towards one thing or another, that they will pick it up and read it as a story, be entertained by it and hopefully learn something. Michelle Shine, thank you very much. Thank you. Michelle Shine, author of Mesmerised. Next week on the Social History Hub podcast, writer Jamie Rhodes, author of Dead Men's Teeth, an intriguing collection of short stories inspired by the British Library Archive collection, reveals some spine-tingling tales of the true lives of ordinary people centuries ago. You've been listening to the Social History Hub podcast. You can listen again to our podcast at socialhistoryhub.com or download each programme from our website, from our RSS feed or from iTunes. And if you have a story to tell, why not drop me an email? Lainey at socialhistoryhub.com Social History Hub podcast was brought to you by Creative Podcasts.